Hi, my name is Dr. Sarah Adams. I am a board-certified pediatrician, but I'm not your pediatrician. Feel free to use my podcast as helpful information, but in no way do I intend my podcast to replace the advice of your physician. Your physician knows you and is in the best position to provide medical advice. Hello, and welcome to Growing Up with Dr. Sarah. I am so excited today because I have a very good friend of mine, Colleen McCarter, who is a nutritionist, and she is also the owner and founder of SustainWell. And I'm so excited to have her here today because what I love the most about Colleen's approach to nutrition and wellness in general is that she takes the point of just living well and being able to do it in a way that we all can live and not feel restricted or feel like we're not enjoying our food, enjoying our life and our activities. And so one of the things we're going to talk about today is a lot of the misconceptions that we have about food in general, but also about living well and eating and really how it applies to kids from any age. So welcome. Oh, thank you. So tell me what you think is one of the most common misconceptions that people have around food or dieting. I don't even like to say dieting. I always say diet is really what you eat. It's not a program, you know, we should all be mindful of what we're eating each and every day. So what do you think are one of the most misconceptions that you tend to deal with when you talk to your clients? We could start, Sarah, with um, the food pyramid at one point, changing to the my plate, just the confusion of what are we supposed to eat, the amount that we're supposed to eat, and what it does for our bodies. Okay. So I think just looking at food as fuel and then looking at how much, because I think people don't understand the the label, you know, looking at a box of cereal and knowing that it's a half a cup, two-thirds cup, it's not a whole cup to the bowl size. Right, because I, I like cereal a lot, so I will admit that I have to be, I'm either going to, you know, really portion it out or I'm probably eating too much. And being mindful of that, and I hear a lot from a lot of um, clients that, oh, I need to be eating exagra- I got I got to eat more protein in my diet. I'm like, who told you that? <laughs> well, there's so many things out there. You know, it gets so confusing. You know, let's do keto. Let's do paleo. Let's you know, I'm going to live a vegan life. And I'm not, I'm not saying that any of it is necessarily wrong. I'm just saying that it gets really confusing. So I really want to be able to kind of break it down and make it simple for everybody because it really doesn't have to be that hard. Well, I think, and you may or may not think the same way is, I think it gets skewed because we all want to be someone we're not when it comes to our size. We're not happy with the number on the scale. We're not happy with the clothing size. 
we're not happy at all and our happiness is based on someone else's perception of who we should be in our life. And if I'm not a certain size or a certain way, I'm not going to be successful in business or as a parent or in life. And I think that falls down from generation to generation to generation. Well, true. And I think too, you know, I I talk a lot about social media in my uh, podcast and to my families and, you know, the one misconception is actually what we should be, what we should look like. Correct. And that, that's a big one. And I, I totally agree with you. I think that it's, like you said, generation to generation, this, this is a thought process that we didn't just start it. And, you know, kids are living it now, but parents have lived it their whole life. And even before that, and the issue really becomes every, you know, I always say everybody's different. Everybody's individual. You know, I have the podcast on body positivity if you haven't listened to it yet, but the the main concern I try to tell people is like you said, we eat to nourish, but just how do you feel? I, I, I'm, so I don't know if you guys know this, but Colleen and I went to college together and I think about the weight I was in college was a lot less than now. And yet when I was in college, I thought I was overweight and I would love to be that weight again, you know, but the the main thing is how do you feel? Are you healthy? Do you have energy? Do you sleep well? And there's so many factors and food can be something that can heal you or cause disease. And it also, too, you bring up a good point is who you surround yourself with in envir- school environments, in social circles, where you get your information on social media. And if you're in platforms or you're comparing yourself and you're just not even expressing to a good friend where they're going to tell you the truth, oh, your size is fine, you know, and explain to you you're eating fine or working with someone that could break it down and try to, you know, let's go just back to basics, getting enough lean protein, you know, Six ounces throughout the the whole day, the size of your hand. Well, it would be one serving. One serving would be the size of your palm. Right. So we have a fist, the little bit of fat, (laughs) which is about the thumb from the nail to that first knuckle. Okay. And then getting enough pure water, you know, at least, you know, three eight ounce glasses, if not more, a day, looking at how much sugar. We're eating, and there's a lot of hidden sugars because I'll hear people say, "Well, I don't eat sugar. I don't eat added sugar, and I don't have honey, and I don't eat that." But I'm like, "What kind of granola bars are you eating? What kind of cereal are you eating?" Right? You know, that's so many grams. You know, divide that by four, and that's how many teaspoons of sugar. Compound that by the whole day. You could be eating half a cup of sugar in one meal. That's just one. And not realize And that. not realize that. And let's be honest, I'm not an athlete. I mean, I'm not running a marathon every single day to burn up that sugar. That's true. So it's going to be stored somewhere for later use. And also people look and say, oh, that product is 450 kilocalories. Oh, that seems pretty healthy. That's not so bad. I'll have that. You know, that's under what I would normally eat. <laughs> and then... 
they tell me, oh, there's, you know, 15 grams of fat. I'm like, multiply that by five. Oh, nine, I'm sorry. Multiply it by nine, and that's how many fat calories are in that 250, 350 product. So, so if 80% of your calories are coming from fat and you have a cholesterol issue, there's a problem. Yeah. And I mean, there is a, you know, there are healthy fats and we could talk a little bit about that if you'd like, but you're right. Um, we might, if we're just looking at the calorie count, but not realizing what the nu- nutrient account, you know, like what, the, what the breakdown is, it does make a difference because our body will utilize it in a, in a certain way. And if we eat too much sugar, it gets stored as fat. If we eat too much fat, that's especially the non-healthy fats, right. then guess what? It gets stored as fat. And then if we don't eat, guess what your body does? It goes through starvation mode and it holds on to that fat. Right. So you need to eat and you need to kind of figure out what that balance is. And you're right. Not everybody's running a marathon. And at some point, I'm sure during one of the podcasts, we'll talk about sports nutrition, which I do find is very important. But and we want to encourage everybody to, of course, exercise. Right. But at the same time, it's like, you know, do do I really need that carb load, for example, you know, unless I'm, you know, somebody has told me that I need to have it because of my sport. And I think it's real important to track or write down your day. When you get up, how much you sleep, how much liquids you're taking in how much food you're actually truly eating and see, is it what I call an inverted triangle? Like, are you eating more late at night from three o'clock on? Okay. Or are you eating, you know, breakfast and then missing, you know, where are your calories, your nutrition coming from? And then we can either build the house, so to speak, you got to have the foundation. And then I can say to someone, well, let's put in something green you know, maybe some salad or a vegetable in there, or let's take out a little bit of that peanut butter you're eating because I don't think you're measuring it to be a tablespoon or two tablespoons. Right. I definitely don't. See, she's she's picked out two things that I already do. Everybody do. Your- <laughs> yeah. but, but it's just that awareness and people are so afraid to really look at that. And God forbid they have a nutrition coach or a professional or presented to their doctor or someone to be screened. Well, and I think you bring up a good point because sometimes, and I hear this from teenagers, and I usually do ask them to do exactly what you mm-hmm. said. You know, they, they're like, and I'm not putting anybody, we're not putting anybody down. No. It's just a fact. And that is that, you know, I'll have some teenagers come in and they're like, I feel like I'm doing everything I can, this, 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 and I'm still not losing weight. And so I will tell them, look, let's, let's break it down. And usually I just have them do a few days. Right. Um, and then what we do is we just, you know, look at it and say, okay, I think I can figure out what's going on mm-hmm. and, um, and why, you know, we're not seeing the changes that you're really wanting to make. The other point though, and I think the misconception is, is that we have to be, it's not a misconception, but everything we want is immediate, right? We want immediate satisfaction. So I, I like to remind people that it's progress Mm -hmm. and it's, if you're, it's patience because chances are 
you're going to be able to live with the changes that you make Correct. if you do it, you know, slowly and not feel like I've got to lose 10 pounds in two weeks because I'm going on vacation. And I don't know about you, but it just seems in going into 2022 with resolutions, I've just been really thinking about how many of us have said, I got to be on a diet. Yeah. And we're so obsessed at certain ages. I have to be on a diet. I have to lose weight. That the word loss is really profound. I have to lose. What am I losing? What am I giving up on? And I have to sacrifice. And it's not pleasurable. No, no. And I, I used to say every, I really think every diet works. Right. The question is, is does it work for you? And can you live with it? Because we know that there's some that yo-yo up and down. And I know my own experience has been like that. And it's, you know, you kind of look back and you're like, gosh, I did it before. But if you do something that's so restrictive, it's very hard to maintain. And then when you, you get to a point where you're like, I can't be this restrictive all the time, then all of a sudden the weight just starts to creep up. Right. So just learning to live a healthy lifestyle and, you know, eating and enjoying your food, like you said, and your activities, you will find that the weight will melt off. Oh, it, it certainly will. And that's one of the reasons that I named my company Sustain a Well, because it supports and defends and assists clients or customers or the consumer maintain a healthier lifestyle that meets their individual health goal. And it's not meant to be a diet. It's a personalized prescription, so to speak, to identify habits or behaviors that caused you to feel like you needed to be different, you needed to diet and to wake the individual up because, to be honest, I have been living a lie since I was eight, telling myself I was heavy or I was overweight and I needed to be better than the next person. And I was falling into that diet. I got to diet all the time, diet all the time, diet all the time, diet all the time. And I wasn't living my life. So I would go on that yo-yo so really, that's why I started the company, Being in Nutrition, is to reach out to those families and those kids that are using the word diet to be something that they're not and find the right prescription to give food the fuel. Because we said that there's nothing, there's no food that's good or bad. There's nothing bad about pizza. It's how I use pizza and the volume that I eat. And I have to look at my family habits. Well, I was going to just ask you that because it. I think these days it's harder for families now, number one, so busy, and then you've got, depending on how many children you have, or even maybe it's your spouse likes this and this kid likes this and you like this, and then you're like, well, I'll try to tell people, well, how about if we not buy the chips right. so that they're not on the shelf? And then they're like, well, dad likes the chips, you know, it's, and that's hard. So what do you tell families when it comes to something like that? Can buy the bag of chips and portion them out for dad. Okay. So you have them in little snacky size bags. So you save money than buying the already 
put together bags like the hundred calorie packs because those can be costly. So buy the bigger bag at like a Sam's Club or Costco or something like that, and then have everybody in the family portion it out and put it into a a bin. So no matter who eats it, Dad could take three bags and eat his whatever he wants to eat, and Joe Junior can eat one. Well, and I and that's a grab and go because I'm always talking about like what can we do to make it easy and have the grab and go. And um, that, you know, I like that idea because you're kind of, you know, battling, you know, a couple things. One is the grab and go and one is, you know, eating, eating portions and then keeping everybody happy because that's hard. You know, even, even my own husband, you know, he'll look in the pantry or the refrigerator and he'll be like, we have no food. And I look in there and I see (laughs) carrots and hummus and I see, you know, um, cucumbers and I see strawberries and grapes and something to make a salad and some small, like the smaller crisp apples and so on. And then in the pantry, I've got mixed nuts and I've got, what what else do we have in our pantry? But you get the idea. And he looks at me and he's like, we've got nothing to eat. <laughs> well, and, and that's what I love to do is work with people on taking what's in the fridge and being creative for the whole household to look at it in a way that I can – there's something there for me to eat. Might take some time to prepare. Yeah, you might have some tuna in the cupboard and you have some rice and you have some greens. So let's mix that together and you could create something. Well, and I, I love that idea because one of the things that I really liked to do when my kids were home and we had a lot of different eaters in my house and they just had different tastes and one of them was picky. So all you parents out there that have picky eaters, I get it. Yeah. I really do. I'm here to tell you he's healthy. He's happy. He grew up. He's fine. Okay. But. It was a challenge, you know, because I was determined not to make like several meals and so on. So I used to do things that were like building. So like we would have a salad bar. Right. And I would have different things, you know, and it's not that difficult. You're put, If you're putting it all together, that's one thing. You're going to put it all together. This just, I just kept it all separate. Right. So then they could pick what they wanted to put and maybe they didn't want a salad per se, but I had like tortilla chip or right. not tortilla chips, like tortillas, and they could do a wrap with the things that I had on the salad on the salad bar. Right. And so it made it easy for me to make something that I know child A would like, but that everybody else would like too, or like a taco bar. Right. And the same way. And maybe you're trying to watch, you know, okay, I've I'm I've looking at the carbs I've eaten today, and like you said, just kind of like what does the whole day look like? And maybe you just want to make it a salad instead of having the, you know, tortilla. And But yet I've got one that loves just tortilla and cheese, and so he could make that. So having that variety or making – and that makes it fun. Oh, yeah. It sounds like that's a great plan for the busy mom to have a crock pot of something and then have all these little things – you could do a pizza bar, you could do pizza, yeah. you know, Chinese, you could even take the meatloaf and you can make it in a loaf little loaf pans, little smaller things. So you could someone could have it as a sandwich, someone could have it with your mashed potatoes and your green beans, or everybody can do what they want with the main course. 
Right. And and I found that to be fun. And there was something on the counter for everybody to eat. And I made the choices. So I knew that they would be happy with it. But at the same time, and it takes some planning. Oh, for sure. And that's not always easy. I will admit I did this and I am not one of those people who preps and plans. I'm just going to say that. I probably should or should have as a parent. If you listen to my very first podcast, I admitted that I'm not a perfect parent. But, you know, so I did have to kind of like run by the seat of my pants sometimes. Um, And maybe it would be things like a pasta bar. Right. Where you have, because I'd had one kid that only liked noodles. Mm -hmm. Like he didn't even want the sauce. So I would have some of the noodles and then I'd have other toppings. And the other one was more into vegetables. And so nice, you know, crisp, but heated, you know, broccoli or things like that, that you could add to your pasta. So this brings me to a really cool idea just from hearing you is have your meat portions and then have two servings of a vegetable. So you got your meat, two vegetables, maybe some cut up fruit in some sort of bar set up for families with some sort of starch, whether it be potatoes or rice or or a grain. That way would hopefully meet everybody in the family's needs. Correct. And and encourage the child then to maybe try something oh, right. a right. little bit different. I mean, we want them, I think it helps if you do make a little bit of something that they that they like. Offer new or unaccepted foods and be frequent, be consistent, just expose them as much as you can, but don't push it. Well, and sometimes I think they like the different flavor like possibly beets they might not like alone, but try it with tuna or something because everybody has a different taste right. and different or texture. Se- or texture. So you're right, introducing a unfamiliar food or a food that doesn't they don't like right at the time or they say with, they don't like it with right. something that they like yes. and then taste that. And I think that's where we go back to kind of where we started in this is – when you're raising your children and they're young, you're supposed to introduce the different colors and you listen to whatever Dr. Spock said or whoever yeah. at the time. And then you go to a pediatrician and you try it and they don't like it. And then you don't go back to see them for so many months and you ask them if they try. Oh, they tried it, but they don't like it. They, you need to go back to keep trying it with different things mm. so they start to acquire a taste for those And I think you brought it up on one where your husband didn't like, um, or maybe it wasn't you. We brought it up, though. But I have a friend that's husband didn't like fried eggs. Okay. Okay. So she never made fried. She loved, you know, eggs fried or over easy. And he's like, didn't like them because his mother cooked them to death. Oh, I see. Yeah. Based on his experience. Based on his experience. So she had... She did it with a little butter in the pan, and then he loved it. There you go. Just made it just just a little bit different. And the other point that I want to make when it comes to picky eaters, too, is you have to do it over and over and over again. And again, you're not pushing, because if they have a negative association to food or just even sitting at the table, you know, oh, together. Right. Because eating meals together is so important because it gives you a chance also to model 
So if you ever already feel like you eat a healthy lifestyle, or maybe you want to make those changes too, and also for your family, if you're doing it together, it really does make a difference. But the idea is repeated, consistent exposure in small portions. I don't know about you, but you know, sometimes kids definitely when they see, especially it's something they're not Mm -hmm. very familiar with, or they won't accept, they're more likely to try it if it's just a small amount. And you know what, eventually what you're going to see is increased intake. And I think we all should go down to a little smaller plate, start with the salad plates and have some sort of formula instead of the big plates and expect an eight-year-old to eat what you eat. And the same thing, I hear it over and over again. I grew up, someone says, I grew up with seven brothers and they start eating like the boys, you know, who just pile food on their plate. And so the gal gains a little weight because she's eating to keep up with her brothers. You know, that reminds me of a story. So my dad was a CPA, so he was an accountant. And during accounting season, he didn't come home until very late. And I used to feel sad for him because he'd sit there by himself and eat dinner. And I think I became a chubby little girl because I would sit and eat dinner with him again, you know. But I think what we need to do is just find other. I could have absolutely sat with them and maybe colored or just talked about our day or, you know, maybe even something healthy. And not not, uh, when I say something healthy, like maybe something, a, a nice small snack so that I still felt part of, you know, sharing that meal with him. And it really circles back to what we talked about is finding patterns of behavior, recognizing them, and deciding to make a change, expressing it to your physician, who would then refer you to professional. So we're not having these, we could say, warped minds or preconceived conception about someone on the playground or someone in the office said about diet exercise that we believe and we don't really get to the bottom of the truth for ourselves. Because our, our what we do, even around eating, absolutely has so much to do, like you mentioned with the fried egg, has so much to do with your experiences. And so we have to be mindful of that when we're raising our kids because we're also shaping the way they're going to eat in the future. And we could go back to, you know, social media and marketing. You know, a lot of that marketing is geared to young people or middle-aged people. And you're, you know, you think that Cheerios are the healthiest cereal out there because they're full of fiber and grains, but you got to read the fine print and the third ingredients is sugar. Well, and again, portions because, you know, I I love cereal, but the fact is that we're probably all putting a little bit too much in our bowl. Right. Unless, and that's another thing you could do to help your families when you were talking about the chips. Right. You could portion out the cereal. Oh, for sure. And then in that busy morning, you know, they just, you know, at, at whatever age they are, be, they can get their own little bag right, and, and pour it into the bowl. And how awesome is that? That's a great idea, um, how you were talking about that. And then it just makes that mealtime so much quicker. And it makes it easier for mom instead of like worrying about where to dress, how to dress the child and make sure they're not like 
like wearing some dirty clothes to school and you're fighting with them and then you got to get you got to feed them so they have a good start to their day and they don't want this and it's not a portion and they just grab whatever if you had the bag or even take a little mason jar and make little breakfast oats or with granola yogurt. you could do yogurt granola and fruit and have these ready and they can have that and they could scoop it in the car oh yeah easy i mean Again, it takes a little bit of planning, but you could do that over the night before. Like I said, flying by the seat of your pants. Even then, you could do that. Yeah, and get the kids involved. Absolutely. Like, don't be afraid to get them involved in planning the oh, meals sure. and picking out the fruits and vegetables. I, When in my practice, I'm always asking them, tell me your favorite fruit. Tell me your favorite vegetable. And you know, then kind of challenging them to maybe try this one or that one. And then I'm like, do you think you could do that? And I think a lot of times they're willing to try. And sometimes they'll say, well, if mom buys it right. and I'm not, and mom's out there, you know, I love you. And it's, but I'm just saying like what they tell me. Right. So, right. And it's the cutest thing, but it's, it's so true. And, you know, because it's, it's hard to do things like we, we talk about like on the go, but it's, there's all these things we, we tell ourselves too. like, Correct. there's the things we want mm-hmm. and are striving for, but we also tell ourselves certain things Correct. so that we feel better about what we're not doing. Does that make sense? It does make sense. And, you know, like, well, I don't know. What, let's think of an example of something that like almost kind of like, I don't want to say the lies we tell ourselves, right. but in a way we, we can easily sabotage our own well, I can use advances. One. It's like, oh, I've been eating healthy for 22 years. Why do I need to track? Or how about, you know, I'm so old, what difference does it make now? Right, right, For exactly. For all you people that are older, including myself. Yeah, I'm going to, you know, I'm not going to get out of here in one piece, so <laughs> why do I have to watch my cholesterol or my sugar or anything, you know, like that? I mean, all of those things, you know, but it, you have to ask yourself, how do I want to feel or what do I want to look like? What kind of energy do I want to have at five years from now? When I'm five years older or a year older. Well, I would challenge people. Another reason, not I'm, I'm sort of changing the subject, but not really. But one of the other reasons why it's good to write food down is also to see how you feel. So you Correct. were talking about how do you feel? And maybe your goal is not even to lose weight or look different but you just know i just don't feel good right. in general i mean i don't i know a lot of people who feel like i don't have energy i'm not sleeping well i'm not motivated to exercise and how you spend your day in particular what choices you make in eating could have a lot to do with that so by keeping track for a few days and then keep track of how do you feel mm-hmm. how does your stomach feel how does your head feel like Does it feel like it's in a fog? Did you get a headache? Like, could you concentrate? And it's amazing how then if you can pinpoint, then maybe you you could see, wow, you know, maybe I am eating more of X, Y, and Z or X. And if I just kind of scale that back, then how do I feel once I've done that? Right. And if you do that, I guarantee you what's going to happen is then 
you're going to go back to maybe some other, um, what am I going to say? Not methods, but other things that, things that you would eat that you may not have even been aware bothered you. And then you go back to eating those things and you're like, wow, I felt so good for a while. Now I don't feel very good at all. Right. And going back to that is everybody starts the new year, you know, on these paths of I want to make change and they get on the bandwagon and they got such a good thing going. And like maybe they're decreasing their coffee, they're fitting in the movement, they're drinking the water and they're on a good roll. And then what changed where they didn't, they stopped? Well, and I think sometimes either A, it could be that they just had too high expectations. Correct. But that goes back to what I was trying to say at one point where we really, I think the best life to live is the one you said that you can sustain well. Right. That makes you feel good. And also that you can stick with and be patient because so many people just think too much about food Mm -hmm. and about what they should or shouldn't be doing. And I think that's the first key when you accept that I am the size I am, I live my life this way and become happy with that, you can shred some of those thought processes. Absolutely. And, and it's, but it's hard. It is. It's not easy. No, it's, it's going back to social media. Sometimes I'm scrolling on Instagram and I see other nutrition professionals that are showing all their things and some fitness guru that's doing everything. And I'm like, man, I should be doing more in my business. I really want to help passionately help people get healthy, but the phone isn't ringing. I know it's right. There's this ringing more. And I got to put more money into my business and I get on this. I'm like, shut media down. If, if it's not, especially if it's, if it's causing you to feel that way. Right. But it's taken me, Sarah, like years to not compare what I want to do for people to what other people in the health and wellness industry is doing. Because I do not want to be the one to sell someone any bill of goods. I want to help people break free from their habits, get healthy, and to stay that way. So my goal is to teach and educate you, give you tools so that you can start on some sort of system, plan, whatever we together try to create to give you and empower you to be able to do it year after year after year and come back to me and say, I'm so grateful you opened my eyes to a lot of good for my family. You got my son to eat a little bit better. He's living her healthy. And I'm not in all these supplements and potions and pills. And we're not in this proverbial yo-yo of, you know, we're up 10 pounds this year and down 10 pounds. And, you know, seriously, that affects your adrenals. That affects your liver, your kidneys. And you just become a you know, Jaguar that's now uh, used, I don't know, jalopy. <laughs> My gosh, I don't even know what a jalopy looks like. But that's I know. Okay. But it's a, it's a good, I think that's a, um, and our missions align very well. So I, I, I really love what you said. And 
I, I hope it resonates to others because that's really what it's all about. And it really doesn't matter whether it's because you need to lose weight. You could be very thin, but you find yourself overwhelmed with food and with things that you see on social media and with keeping your family healthy. And it is overwhelming. And, and that's what, why I like coming on and talking with you because we both want to break that cycle and help the overwhelm and work and get people to love themselves for who they are, who they're created to be. And it's okay to be you. So what's the first step? You know, I believe the first step is just to really analyzing where you are, you know, get on the scale or just to accept, I can, I got to stop competing with everybody else and stay, I always tell myself, I got to stay in my lane. Yeah. Today I'm going like to stay that. in my lane and not compare myself to someone and just be present where I am and be a joy to others and not compare. So the first step is kind of doing that inventory of yourself. Where do I find myself being depressed or alone and what can I do about it today? And do you recommend people like journal that or For sure. whatever they need to, you know, to do? Because that might not be an answer you figure out in one day. But I think focusing on that those first 24 hours, like don't feel like, okay, I've got to figure out the next six months. Let's just start with the first 24 hours and get our thoughts about where we are right now. Yeah, and, and start with, you know, do I obsess over food or do I weigh myself all the time? You know, what is it that is I'm constantly worried about? Is it that I'm worried about my kids have clean clothes? You know, I'm worried about that I've got to keep up with the girl next door and her kids. It's like, you know what? Your life is perfect the way it was created to be designed right now. You know, it's, it's not the best that you want it, but nothing is, you know what I mean? We're all works in progress and it's not until we pass away that we find out what life really holds out. if you're just a good human. And I like that you said, and live with joy because when we worry, when we obsess over things, whether it's food or getting that exercise in or my child's, you know, I mean, if they're not eating or they're picky eating and they're not gaining weight and there's a medical reason, I'm not, I'm not saying that that this is completely, that's a whole different story. But when we do have all of those thoughts going through our head, it steals our joy. It steals our ability to really love and care for ourselves, Mm -hmm. which then ultimately gives us the ability to then care for the family. Right. Okay. So first step is really looking inward. Right. And ex- having some acceptance, mm-hmm. um, starting to journal right. about what even, I mean, maybe you were, we were talking about how New Year's resolutions, it's because we have too high of expectations. Well, just write it all down. Right. You know, what, what are your expectations and what is it that you think you can do? What's one change you could make? Right. And, and take those baby steps. Right. And then get the support that you need would be yeah. the second step. You know, find someone that you trust or has, I've been using this word, like has a track record. You know, a lot of people decide they're going to go to the gym 
and they're going to go to the neighbor's gym that might be out of their budget because the neighbor looks so good. Yeah, like if I go to that gym, I'll look good too. Right, but it's like maybe you don't need to go there, so let's evaluate. I know I need to do something, but find a supportive, whether it's a neighbor, to say, hey, I want to walk because she might want or he might want to do the same thing. So you have to kind of be vulnerable to open up to a trusted person who's been there, done that, and that's, that's a good track record. And, and that's what I'm trying to tell people is like, okay, in my business, I've been obsessing over weight and diet since I was eight. Figuring out, comparing with other people, then being like throw up my arms in high school and college and then really gaining the weight and being unhappy with myself and trying to chase that joy to um, becoming a Weight Watcher leader, getting into nutrition. And then finally in 2022, it's like, I've kept my weight off, 55 pounds, for 22 years. That's amazing. I'm trying to share what I know and the knowledge to help women break free from that and their families so they're stopping that cycle. So I think I have something to offer. Yes. That people can reach out and just dial a friend that understands and the process is just, just a conversation to get you on the right path. And then we can decide if there's a right fit or if it's like, thanks for the advice, but I'm not ready yet. That's fine too. You know? Yeah. You, I mean, again, you don't, as, as individuals, we're constantly feeling like if this, you know, doesn't work out, then I've yet failed again. And that, that's, that's so defeating, but we need to find that, like you said, support system and really be ready. But I think being ready is looking inward. Mm-hmm. And just knowing, okay, and realizing you don't have to do everything at once. No. But having that support, I think, is is huge. Mm -hmm. What else would you say are the keys to making that change? I mean, you've kept the weight off for a very long time. And looking back, what was it that you said to yourself? You know, if we're talking about, like, you need to sit down and really think about it, what did you say to yourself 20 years ago that really made it just say, I'm ready to make this change. You know, I just was tired of laying on the bed and trying to zip my jeans up to look cute (laughs) and put on the, you know, the high heels and just like shutting in all of that emotional baggage. I was tired of, oh, I got to go to this party. I got to watch this. I can't have this glass of wine. I can't do that. You know, all the, I can't, I can't, I can't. It was just time to do a little due diligence and find something that worked. And then it's each year recreating that or each month saying, okay, you know what? This month I did, you know, it was well, but, you know, some things, you know, there was some things that were going on in the season. You know, maybe mm-hmm. it's you know, like you got January to March that it's cold. You might do heavier foods and realizing that this isn't the time necessarily to really maybe diet per se, but just looking at, can I move more? Can I, what do I, am I eating with the soups? And then go quarterly to quarterly and say, you know, what's going on in my life that I need to tweak and keep tweaking it each month or year because we're never done. And I know when I was a Weight Watcher, I see the same people come through the door in January 
and they'd look at me and be like, oh, there she is, the leader that's like so, you know, poly positive. And like you could see that their energy went down. Oh, she probably thinks I'm a failure. But I never I never did because I was there, too. You know, you know that. So it's really looking at what's going to keep me on this path. And it it you have to change the mindset from diet and size to health. I need to look at that donut in a way that it's not the best for me, but I'm certainly not eating four of them anymore. Right. You know what I mean? You know, what was I using that donut for? And I'm guessing that when you do eat a donut, you really savor it and enjoy it. Yeah. Because like we said, there's no good and bad food. It's it's all it's there's several things that go into just making sure that it doesn't harm you in one way or the other, physically, but also mentally. mentally. And and I got to tell you, because they're probably thinking, oh, she's got it all down. You know, she's been doing this for years. No, I've failed so many times. You know, cake is a downfall and sore donuts. I've talked about that. But it's always going back to, why couldn't I just have one piece? What was going on? You know, kind of as kind of doing a, like a, a psychological inventory, like, okay, who made me mad? What kid didn't pick up something? <laughs> who did I talk to? You know, what was my day like that I just had a sliver of the cake? It was so good. And I should have stopped there that I went back for the next piece and the next piece and then just keep rehashing it. And eventually getting down to, oh, I didn't eat half the sheet cake this time, (laughs) you know, but it's, but it's having some tools in your tool belt to use and say, oh, that worked this time, but it might not work next time. So it's like, okay, drink the water, go out for a walk, do some de-stress, write what you're grateful for. So it's finding a few things, reframing the situation. And I love that tool belt analogy and Nick Bellardo and I had a wonderful conversation Mm -hmm. about that. And I've learned, I've learned to use that analogy (laughs) quite a bit, but that's where having the support is helpful because we might not have everything in our tool belt to do this on our own. And so aligning yourself with someone that maybe has those tools Mm -hmm. that can help you and, not being afraid to be vulnerable to say, you know, I I can't do this on my own. And that's okay. And I love how you just said this is ongoing. It's like it made me think of it's a roller coaster ride, but mm-hmm. it never really ends. No. But the way I look at it, you know how some roller coaster rides it's a loop? Right. What what we need to do and I know I'm I'm on that ride too is get out of that loop. Right. And ride and enjoy it. Yeah. Find a fun ride. ride. Find a different coaster, you know, get off, get off the loop-de-loop one and head on over to the one that has a little fine turns and some nice little dips and, you know, all of those kind of Nothing so dramatic. Nothing. Yeah. And there may be some drama times, but, and, and I like how you said that. So let's visualize that coaster. Let's analyze, are we in the loop-de-loop one? Right. And what can we do this month to get to out. get out of one out of three loops and only have to do one and you kind of have a nice little spin and a nice little coast for the rest of January into February and see 
if you can have some joy and some fun in the coaster and then get the support that you need because let's be honest, a lot of people in our environment aren't always as supportive. And when you live in someone's like, oh, you you just don't get it, you know, you're you don't get that. Yeah. Oh, you you're you're fine the way you are. Or are you oh, you're gonna be good, aren't you? That's like oh, the toughest yeah. one when you know, when we're out, I really try to make good choices. And, you know, then you feel, you know, kind of defeated oh, I got a, or I got, a, I got a story for that one. I'm out to uh, my husband's aunt and uncle took us to, like, dinner for the holidays one year. Now, that's how they wanted to celebrate, you know, take everybody, pay for everybody, nice. you know, for dinner, which is a nice thing. And, uh, you know, you've got six people. It takes a while to, to go through. And I'm analyzing, oh, I really want that, you know. Oh, but that has too much fat. Oh, I don't want it. Oh, I want that. I could go for that, but I don't know. And, you know, I don't know There's what. always a drama you know, in our head. You know, like doing the whole. And it gets to me and my husband's like, are you going to be a problem with this menu? Like, just order something already. You know what I mean? And I'm like, Really? Really? I really? I'm like, skip me. And in my head, I'm going, you. And I have like Charlie Brown going in here and then I have him going. And then I thought for a minute, I'm like, if I deny myself what I truly want, he wins. He wins. Well, and, and then you're not going to feel good. No. So whatever it is about, it really doesn't have anything to do with him. It really has everything to do with how you feel and how you enjoyed that meal. I know John does the same thing. Sorry, sweetheart. <laughs> but he'll be like, oh, here it goes. She's going right. to have 10 questions for the waitress. Because right. I'll be like, can you make that with this? And can we substitute this? Right, but, right, right. You know, you got to do you. Because guess what? Then you're the one that has to eat it. So So the theme for the rest of the, you know, for everybody to kind of one takeaway is visualize the roller coaster in the situation of what's in your head. Do you and find a better joy out of whatever you choose and just be like, I'm in my lane, I'm doing me and I'm on my coaster. That's right. And And enjoy it. Enjoy it. And then move past it because there's another loop to loop one right behind it and you can get off and... Make it this 2022 the best you that you can be. Get the support, do an inventory, and have fun and find some joy in 2022. Well, thank you. I think You're so welcome. I think I'm going to end it with that yep. because I've got chills because now I'm super excited about 2022. Thank you for you joining are so me. So welcome. And just remember that you can reach Colleen on at SustainWell. And we'll also include your information in the bio and, and everything, uh, according, you know, that's on the show notes. So please take a look at that because if this is something that you think you need support on, I highly recommend, again, just like she said, you do you. So you got to do what you need, uh, to fulfill, to make this the best year. We all could use a really good year, right? Definitely. Well, thanks again, everyone. And don't forget to listen on wherever you listen to your podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, for example, and let's grow up together.